You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Mailbag time, and we got some good ones, uh, which is awesome. You guys are awesome. We love the Spits and Suds faithful. Uh, Chris Barnard. Says, I saw a proposed scenario with Stars playing broker to a Eric Carlson trade from San Jose to Carolina with Dallas taking either. How would I pronounce this, Sean? Is it Pesk? Pesky? Brett Pesci. 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 Sorry. Or yeah. Burns in return. Yay or nay? Otherwise, what about Tony D'Angelo, who is devoid of D but solid offensively? Lastly, any updates of analytics team's first year? I will say this we got two Tony D'Angelo questions, so we certainly have to hit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go through these guys here. So I would be okay with Pesci. I think he would good player. If if you yeah, he's a good player. I think he would obviously improve the stars, uh improve the stars defense and everything like that. Um for me, I'm D'Angelo and Burns for me, I'm not going down that line because I don't I don't think either of them. We've, we've talked about this stars defense needing to be to be to be better. We don't like the depth and everything like that. But we have also talked about you're trying. You have the things you have are the offensive defensemen who need more opportunities. The Thomas Harleys, the Nils Lundqvists. We've talked on this show about not needing Ryan suit about moving Ryan Suter out. I. I it won't happen, but I talked about the potential buyout for the opportunity would open for those younger players to kind of seize that opportunity. I don't think bringing in a one-dimensional offensive-only defenseman and like Tony D'Angelo, I don't think that does anything for the Stars. So I would not be in on Tony D'Angelo. And with Burns for me, um, I don't. it's not that I don't think Brent Burns can run a power play better than most in the NHL. I don't think at this point in career, it's worth bringing him in and taking away um, that opportunity a on the first unit from Mira Heishkinen or B from that unit of allowing um, Lundqvist or Harley to kind of take this next step. I don't think, I think I would kind of proceed with caution on Burns. We saw what happened in San Jose when Burns and Carlson were on the same team, There's only one puck for the power play. They both need to be the guy. And I think we saw Miro Heishkinen started to be the guy in that spot. And I don't, that's not the type of defenseman that I, I need. Now Pesci's a different case because I think he comes in and I think he helps better in all three zones. And so I would be in on something like that if, 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 if it were even possible, but the other two, I would not be. So Burns has two years left on his contract, $8 million uh, per year. Uh, the obvious tie with Burns is that he loves 
nature, and he has a massive ranch here in Texas. So he would be closer and, to that and, ranch. And, and and Pete DeBoer and Joe Pavelski. Yeah, absolutely. Like he has yeah. The, there's there's definitely some ties. It's not that he wouldn't fit. It's it's that I don't think that is the. Uh, it's 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 not the chess piece you need to add. It's it's a there's there's a different. Meanwhile, while Pesci to me is is a different, actually helps with where you have issues. Burns yep. to me is a more of a luxury that you have to figure out to fit. While Pesci would instantly come in and help some things. I agree. I agree. At Aaron Offsire says, "Thanks for the great stars coverage. I'm a stars fan in Montana. Shout out Billings. Nice. It's ludicrous, but there are three teams that are blacked out in my market: Vegas, Seattle, and Colorado." With RSNs, which is Regional Sports Network, struggling with bankruptcy market share, any guesses how long blackouts will be a thing? It's interesting that blackouts are actually a thing in Montana. Well, all of uh, when so so when Seattle came into the league, um, when Seattle came into the league, the final piece of unclaimed territory um, was claimed in the United States, which was Alaska, uh, the Kraken are the team of Alaska. So to get a, it's root sports, right? Like you can only watch, uh, the Kraken games on route. And so before that you could watch any game on ESPN plus or whatever the streaming service was at the time, or NHL TV, depending on the timeline. Um, it's, uh, like for example, Gavin, the, uh, Hawaii is a shared territory of ducks and Kings. That's, Hawaii is, is the is the LA TV market technically. So you have to have Fox Sports or sorry, Bally Sports Southwest or Bally Sports Prime ticket or whatever it is to watch the games in there. Um but places like Montana, I can only imagine that's frustrating where you are you're grouped into multiple territories. Um yeah. the good news, and I wrote something about this closer to the cup final. And I'll make sure to tweet this uh, back to our back to our, our, our friend here who asked the question of I one thing that's encouraging for being in the Montana and he talk, mentioned Vegas. Um, Vegas is now um, working with with uh, is work it has worked to go have a free over the air within market. Um, game which anyone with basically rabbit ears can now go and get the game and everything like that and that's that's great and um but as far as blackouts go as long as as long as there's any money to be made from the regional sports network model and for right now there is as long as there's money to be made on it somewhere blackouts will exist because they protect those investments they protect the investments of Valley sports they protect the teams when they're selling streaming rights uh, and, and regional viewing rights and everything like that and uh unless the nhl wants to go and do like the one sport that doesn't and the one north american sport that doesn't have blackouts for streaming and in market and everything like that is mls right now and that's because mls went out of its way to two years ago to not allow teams to uh, sell beyond two years so that they could sell the entire package to Apple TV like they did. And uh, for example, I know in Detroit, the Tigers and Red Wings recently re-upped with Bally Sports. And as long as teams are continuously re-upping, the Panthers re-upped with Bally last year. 
Um, I know some teams are still looking for stuff right now. And like the Kings obviously don't have a TV deal yet for next year, but as long as teams have deals and teams have made money and basically as long as there's original six teams in the league, because Nesson is Nesson continues to be a cash cow for the league. Um, Philly is always the second is always one of the second most viewed local TV markets in the United States after Boston, that TV deals to continue, continues to do money. As long as those exist, the league will protect those. So blackouts will happen. So unfortunately for Aaron and everyone else, it's blackouts are kind of a reality of the, of, of what the, of what the league will do to protect its interests. And um, hopefully there's a better answer and a way to and, and to work with it in the future. But just right now, that's the reality of it. Okay. Junior hockey teams in Montana, Bozeman Ice Dogs, Great Falls, Americans, and uh, checking if the Butte Cobras are still around. That's a pull right there. Thank you very much. <laughs> they are in the North American Tier 3 Hockey League, the Butte Cobras, sir. There you go. Yeah. No that's, kidding. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I can remember the Butte Cobras. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Jordan Harper asks, our good friend up in uh, Vancouver. Sean, I absolutely love taking questions from across the country and across North America. It's super awesome. So awesome, uh, yeah. Jordan is a police officer in the Vancouver area. Any advice for someone to look at to travel to see a Stars slash Cowboys game in the same weekend? Well, I got yeah. two weekends for you. Okay. The first actually isn't a weekend, but the Thanksgiving Cowboys game is special. You know, it, I, it's mm-hmm. it's family, but there's just an extra cool vibe in the tailgating scene on that Thursday. People cooking turkeys in the parking lot or, you know, whatever, or just bringing their fixings to the game. You get the halftime show with a uh, pretty good artist every year. And, you know, it's nationally televised, and you know that you're at a game that all of America is watching. So you have that, and then the very next night, the Stars host the Calgary Flames, the new-look Calgary Flames. So uh, that's a good one-two combo. The other one is a doozy, but get your tickets now, my friend. So December 9th, afternoon tilt at the AAC, the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights come to town. It's an afternoon game, so you can go out that night, enjoy yourself, hopefully enjoy a, a, a nice Canadian Frosty Jordan as... You're checking out the Dallas scene after a star's big victory because you can sleep in the next day because it's Sunday night football. Uh, it's Cowboys Eagles. Ooh, that's that, a good. Uh, that I mean, is, that seeing, is a good one. Too, seeing right Vegas there, yeah. and then seeing Eagles. So those are my two suggestions. I did see this question prior to the podcast, so I did a little prep on that, and um, I actually sent Jordan a direct message and. Uh, he said, well, I was actually looking for things to do in the Dallas-Fort area, Fort Worth area. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has Busher Gardens up there, but the Dallas Arboretum and the Fort Worth Botanical Garden are two of the nicest, nicest Arboretum's Botanical Gardens in America. Um, I know Dallas Arboretum always ranks in the top 15 in the world. And uh, another thing I would suggest that is kind of a, a hidden gem, You can, if you're a Cowboys fan, you can go to... Uh, tours of the star in Frisco, take you through the locker room, take you through the history. They have really cool artwork, pictures. You can see the first ever Cowboys logo. Uh, they show you the calf, just the inner workings of the Dallas Cowboys. And then down the street, there's the National Video Game Museum that takes you through the history of all video games. It's really cool. So those are my suggestions. 
tour guide the vid- the, yeah the video game museum is cool i've been there a couple nice. times and uh it's uh they've got the stuff you can play like um a couple years back one time when i was we were down there my parents were visiting and ended up randomly playing oregon trail for like 45 minutes so <laughs> no it's a it's a yeah it's it's, 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 a, it's a it's a pretty cool place so. yeah absolutely all right tyler Mayer uh says i understand his cap hit slash base salary probably scares teams off in a flat cap world but shouldn't radic foxa be a premier quote trade high candidate right now his style doesn't fit DeBoer's system, and shedding him adds cap flexibility and a roster spot for a young player. I will say this about Radic Fox. He played well at times, um, and I gave him credit, um, especially played well in some playoff games. Uh, he does play a lot. Uh, he he does stay on the ice, which is good. Um, I, I just think Radic Fox was a really solid player and then got a, a contract, and I'm never going to fault a player for getting the money. But that salary does stick out, Sean. Well, it's it sticks out, and it's the it's the COVID implication. It's the cap COVID implication. Radic Fox's career and narrative isn't like this. If the cap had raised like expected, if it had raised as expected, and everything like that, this would have been he would have been at market rate, and it's kind of the unfortunate timing of that. And it's the same reason that you're seeing that we saw the, the reason Radic Foxa is not a frontline trade candidate is the same reason that Sam Steele was available um, or the same reason that you saw other players move who were essentially unqualified, who were restricted free agents with qualifying offers or who had pretty good arbitration cases potentially. Um, a uh that is that is why it is just the nature of the environment where radic fox assigned a deal that probably would have been at market rate and the market broke by stuff completely out of his control and it's hard to see a team willing to invest the the cap space for for that type of player right now and that's the I, I think the stars, I believe the stars probably will and will try and definitely be looking at things on Fox. I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility. It's just, it's, it's, it's the flat cap world where it's, it's hard to justify that price point when at the same time, the stars are paying Matt Duchesne less money for. Yeah. So great point. Uh, Corey, I did want to shout you out. Thanks so much for listening. Corey D tweets. He did ask the Tony D'Angelo question that he is available. And, uh, we just touched on that Corey that I I think it's a stay away from a star standpoint. Um, let's see. And he's an offensive defenseman like you, Sean, you pointed on that. I think the stars, you know, quite honestly are fine with the offensive defenseman that they already have. Uh, Belfour's billions. This defense core took the Stars to a top 10 finish. Seems like it can take them to the trade deadline. Then the Stars can assess options. Does Nil have the gumption to trade top picks and top prospects for a top defenseman? He's historically not been willing to take big swings. Uh, I mean, I disagree that he hasn't been histor- that he historically has not been willing yeah, to take big swings. Too. I disagree, I, I, I definitely disagree with that. Um the i mean the entire 
stars. Jim Nilla is always highly valued first round picks and everything like that. But I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Like people talk about being willing to take big swings and they conveniently talk about the swings, the, the pitches that he didn't swing at when, and not bringing up the ones he did. I mean, Joe Pavelski, the, the, the term, the initial term, when they signed Joe Pavelski, how many of us looked at it and were like, man, I don't know if that's, I don't know how, I don't know how well that contract's going to age. Like yes. that was a swing. That was a swing there. Well, especially um, since we were coming off the Alexander Radulov deal, yeah, which the first yeah, so, season and a half, two seasons looked really good and then faded. Yeah. So there, there's, there, there's that, that's a swing to, um, to get, like you look through the, the lineup, right to go and make the i mean signing ryan whether you like it or not like signing ryan Suter to a four-year deal was a big swing it may not be the swing you wanted but it was a big swing um it was bringing in uh kind of getting like honestly getting rope hints is deal done mid-season last year that's a big swing yep and it's one that will fly under the radar because they got it done before he popped off again in the playoffs and saved a ton of money. So I, I disagree that Jim Nill doesn't take big swings. I think there are Jim Nill's not problem problems, the wrong word, but I think there's, he also is very loyal and he doesn't want to build his team the way Vegas is built. He doesn't want to build his team where he's willing to, he wants he it's important to him his reputation of treating players well when they're here is important to him and i think sometimes that gets in the way of certain moves people want to see but i i, I disagree about the lack of a big swing but I, that being said i easily could see the stars um looking at the deadline at the trade deadline because this this team this team is good at this defensive core is definitely good enough to get to the deadline and with a couple steps here and there, we talked, we had an entire show about it. They, it could be good enough to win a whole thing. It could be, I'm not certain in that, but still a lot of question marks, but it could be. And so I would highly, I, I would highly expect Dallas to be looking to shop for a defender at the, at the, at the yeah. trade deadline, because I think that is the, frankly, that's the thing they kind of have to be looking at. So. Yeah. yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, especially with their cap uh, condition. I would also throw some swings in there, and I would also... I think what happens sometimes is we change the vocabulary. We call it a big swing when we should actually say a swing at a at a marquee name player. Because and I say that because giving your first round draft pick away from Nil for Nils Lundquist, that to me is a big swing. I yeah, mean it is. that's major currency you're giving up for at the time, a New York Rangers top prospect. You were betting on Nils Lundqvist, and hopefully we see that this year. So I would say that's a swing. I also want to point out, when the trade deadline happened, 
Max Domi was, I would say, probably top seven names mentioned as far as trade pieces. Top five, I I don't, you know, I mean, there were some big names out there and everything, but Max Domi was certainly in the conversation with a lot of teams. And for the Stars to acquire him, you know, I think that was, you know, that was a swing as well. They got what they needed at the trade deadline. And also remember, when you're taking a big swing, you need to give up stuff. And to get Max Domi, to get the Donoff, and to keep all your prospects, I think that's a good off season to sign Joe Pavelski. Yes, you know the Suter thing we we struggle with, but yeah, to get these names, you're you're absolutely right. I I agree. He has taken some big swings. Okay, uh, Fuzzy wants some uh, hockey into his uh, veins. By the way, Fuzzy on Twitter is looking svelte, working out all the time. Love the follow. Who do you guys think has the most dangerous shot on this team? Who has the sneakiest shot? And who do you want in a shootout lineup? Whew. Three-part question. So, most dangerous shot, Sean. Let's yeah. start with that. Yeah. Um, from a pure shot standpoint, um, I mean, it's probably Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson. I mean, that may yep. be the... I would, I would. It's hard to be... Um, it's hard to not go with Jason Robertson on that. Um, the sneakiest shot. I'm going to say rope hence. Yeah. He's got a quick little release there. Mm-hmm. That's that's, I mean, it's more, it's more sneaky in, in the picking it up off of that. Yes. Um, but it's also like, if you wanted to be done pure quote unquote sneakiness, I think you, you, you'd be, you should, you got to give, uh, uh, you got to give Joe Pavelski some for the tips. love for for his work around the net yeah. and um and, and all of that. So it's I think uh I think that kind of fits there. Um the yeah and then so what was uh, the, and then the other so one was the shootout, shootout lineup. I want um hold on let me let me let me let me make let me think for let's pause for a second. I want make mine in my head. Anti Mietnin. <laughs> I cannot think of the other guy's name that was so good in the shootout in Stars history. Sergey oh, Zuboff uh, was amazing. Sergey Zuboff yeah, but... was a Gatorade lifter back when, you know, the Gatorade was on top of the net and not in that uh, little sleeve <laughs> like it is now. I mean, you would see that Gatorade bottle be lifted off the net. He could roof it that well. Yeah, it was uh who was it? Um I know exactly what it is. I know um He was Finnish, I, wasn't he? It's, no Swedish. He was either Swedish or Finnish. Was, but he was so good was in the Sweet, shootout. He was Swedish. Um it was literally the what was because I know the the move it was a move he literally picked up talking to he would he would talk to Johan Hedberg about it. I'm like I can remember this stuff. It was uh Ooh, why can I know this is this is bothering me? <laughs> we got a whole now. podcast that uh, we can get back to it, but I would say my oh, line, know, yeah. my lineups: Robertson, Hints, Sagan. Yeah, I would. Uh, I like I like Robertson. I would I like Robertson one because I think he's their best player in the shootout right now, and 
I'm personally a big fan of it was Jokinen. You see, yes, that's it. Good call. Yep. Yeah. You see, Jokinen. Um, anywho, uh, I like Robertson first in the shootout because I want, um, I want, I want to, I like to personally go first in as a team. I like to go, I like to shoot first. I think there's more pressure. I think I'd rather have my goalie face the second shot. I think goalies are more, you are more comfortable with the game on the line situation. So um, I would like Robertson first. Um, I think there's, I, I really like hints going. And then for right now, Sagan's probably three for me. Um, that's, uh, I don't like across the, like there's a bunch of other, there's other ones that I think could be intriguing, but those would be my, my first three would be, Robertson hints Sagan. I think you're on, 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 we're on the same mindset for that one, I think. Okay, we're in the middle of a spits and suds. And by the way, if you had on your bingo card, UC Jokinen and the Butte Cobras, you win the power. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jordan chimes in again. Can we talk about some prospects you have a chance to get called up during the season? Bach is one player. Keep my eye on, for example, I'll keep beating the drum on. Uh, Oh my God. I always get his name wrong. Uh, Demiami. Um, right, right. Riley Demiami. Demiami. But I think I'm alone there. Um, I don't have an issue with Damiani. I think he's a, and I think he's just a, he's a, he's in kind of a middle of the lineup AHL player right now. Like that's, he didn't really have much of a, Let's see how many games did he play for. He played did about thirty points last year for Texas and was okay. But to me, I don't see the the mass appeal to go and bring him up and play in the NHL. I'm more of looking at a guy like Bloomall. To me, Bloomall's there. Um, uh, probably give Frederick Carlstrom a chance, probably. Um, I think Nick, Nick, I don't, I don't think he's a, a guy who can play in the NHL beyond the occasional call up and Nick Camano could still be a fourth line guy that gets called up. But to me, this Dallas lineup really is all the NHL forwards you see right now. And then Bork and Stankoven, like that's your four, that's yeah. your 14, 15 deep right now. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, I think if one of your guns goes down, I think Maverick Bork comes up first. Yeah, yeah. And I've never seen anything about Oscar Bach's game that tells me nothing against Oscar Bach. Just I've never seen anything about Oscar Bach's game where it's like he's shown this to me in Texas where I need this on my NHL team. Like for on like on on the counter, right, where I think Bach will play the same game no matter what league he's at. And I think we kind of seen what it is where on the flip side, Bork to me is a guy who at 47, almost 50 points last year for Texas, I think he's actually a higher scoring player in the NHL because I think he will play off better players better than, than he was playing with in Texas. So, um, I mean, it's like, if you want to go, it's, this is where prospect stuff gets difficult because it's the base level of player is so good now where the guy who's playing in the AHL, if he had a time machine and he went back five years, he's probably playing in the NHL. 
but just what the base level of how good and how skilled players are um like it's it, it it's what makes Connor Bedard like if Connor Bedard did things to junior hockey this year that Connor McDavid didn't do because Connor Bedard because the rest of the world that he had to compete against is better. That's yep. not saying McDavid and so it's just the the base level of skill is so good now that of course you're gonna look at a guy like Bach, you're gonna look at a guy like Carlstrom, you're gonna look at even all of them can play. It's just so much of who's going to get the opportunity, who's going to get the chance. And I think as this base level of skill gets higher and higher in the league, where you get drafted is going to be even more and more of a definer of whether you get that opportunity to prove it. Because there'll be lots of guys, I think, who there are lots of players who, if they were just in the right spot, like the, well, the biggest difference between Luke Lindenning and Curtis McKenzie is Luke Lindenning got the chance to stick at the NHL right away. I, I fully believe Luke Lindenning and Curtis McKenzie are very much the same player, but one of them got the chance in the NHL earlier that stuck. So, so and Jared Katz asks about uh, defensemen, uh, some of the defensemen we've already talked about, but just for the record, Sean, um, UFA class was not strong with defensemen no, that would no, really, really help the Stars. And there were some defensemen that were overpaid probably because there weren't a lot of D-men on the market. And the uh, other aspect is is uh, there's just, yeah, there's no one out there and there's no one really ready in the minors that can come up and make a difference. So I think to answer your question, Jared, on D-men, uh, I think it needs to be addressed at the trade deadline. So do as best you can. And we'll see, you know, how, how the top six uh, uh, fare. So, you know, finally we end Tyler Sagan, you know, now a married man. And the question is, did Sean Shapiro's goals against average and save percentage go up or down when he got married? And I say that because will we see a bigger year from Tyler Sagan? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I was young when I got married, so I was still... uh... My body was still well. My body was still re- was still recovered better from okay. from the uh, from the post game uh, from the post game beverages at the time. So um, I it is it is it, it is it, it's I'm laughing and it's joking, but it's also um, there is uh, there is something to remember about the human element of this sport, yes. right? Where there is there is a human element of this sport where it's a uh, when things are going well at home and things like that, like it's a lot easier to show up and have a good day at work. Absolutely. And, uh, so I don't know if, uh, if there's <laughs> a, a up and up performance in play for Tyler, Tyler Sagan because of the wedding, but yeah. uh, it's uh, going into going into the season happy. So that's, that's yeah. there, 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 that's, there's a, I, I also, it's always funny to me too, with uh, I think it's, it's kind of, Cause you see the uh, some players, obviously Tyler has always understood. He's a, he's always understood his brand power. So the, uh, the Sagan wedding was well publicized uh, on Instagram and Twitter and all of that stuff, because uh, he's always understood his uh, brand power. So, but it is interesting to see when the pictures do come out of which, uh, which teammates guys were closer with than you ever realized. Oh yeah. Like for, yeah. Like, you know what? Like, I didn't look at that. Like, for example, like, um, 
the uh oh there we go and yeah. i and i and, and, and I and I and I knew this, but it's like it's something where it's like when you think of the players of all the players Tyler Sagan has played with and everything like that. If you didn't know the behind the scenes friendship like I did, you probably wouldn't have expected to see Justin Dowling with an invite to Tyler Sagan's wedding. Mm. Right. Like like there's like there's that or a uh, or that and uh, maybe like like Adam Cracknell was there, too. So it's, it's always interesting to see the. Uh, yeah kind of see the which guys and 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 which players are kind of the uh like i would imagine like a lot of the younger stars players like when like jake ottinger gets married someday and stuff like that like we're gonna see a lot of joel hanley in pictures at weddings because joel hanley is just like the <laughs> the beloved like like he, he's the beloved everyone's everyone's best friend and uh heck yeah so it's so yeah absolutely and by the way looking at tyler sagan's instagram um you know, he had posted pictures from John Klingberg's wedding. So obviously they were close. And Jamie Ben's there. Obviously the Finn contingent. Hashkinen's there. Hintz is there. So uh, Ben Bishop was there. So, you know, it it is. You're right. It is fun looking at those and saying, you know, kind of reading into it like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Didn't know they yeah. were didn't know they were buddies. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Tyler Sagan, you know, on so many things. Um, it's really interesting. As Sean alludes to, I grew up in the Boston area and every time I I go home. They're still complaining about Tyler Sagan. If only he was mature enough when he was with us. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, guys realize it was a salary cap dump. It was not, you know, if you want to say that had to do with it, I'm sure go ahead. And, and you know, Sagan certainly had his party days up there. But the fact remains is they did a documentary behind the bees, which was on NHL Network, and they showed the war room and they talked about having to get rid of salary and I think it was to sign David Krejci and Tyler Sagan came up so that's when they made the trade so and you know what he's been he's been great well and they also I mean it's it's Boston it's Boston and it's not (laughs) and there's there's elements of it's one of the one of the reasons players love playing in Dallas and we've talked about it is there is the there is a bit of the you are not the Cowboys are here to be your battering ram, right? The Cowboys are yeah. here to 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 kind of shield you as other pro athletes. And that's so it's 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 easier to be incognito in Dallas. And that's just the reality of it. So. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. The book is called We Win Here. Some great summer reading. Sean takes a deep dive into stories from the Texas stars and how they became Dallas stars. And, and uh, it's a good read. It's get really good reviews on Amazon. So pick up a, a copy and support Sean. He's also on EP ringside and chap shots, and he's still coming out with articles, even though it's summer and in D magazine. So he's a beast and we'll continue to bring these programs throughout the summer because we want to thank you for making us uh Dallas Fort Worth's number one hockey podcast and cannot wait for the year to start because we're going to have lots of programming for you in the months ahead. So a months ahead. So that's going to do it for us. Sean, my man, get back out there and enjoy the wife and kids. Will do. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Spits and Suds. Have a great day, everyone.